Good afternoon and welcome to the Lifetime Series 2023, where we aim to add value to people's lives happening every Wednesday and Thursday on ebizradio.com. Um, we can chat about every fr everything from leadership, coaching, and marketing, and you can catch the, the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels. And to help us grow this channel, please follow, like, and share with your network. Because on today's coaching segment, we have a wonderful uh, coach Who's going to be who's going to be telling to us about how she helps leaders design, develop, and implement well-being strategies, and create daily habits and stop uh, stop living life on autopilot. And uh, she's a life coach and NLP master practitioner, Kiona van Grinsver. Uh, is that correct, Kiona? How are you doing? Yeah, just about Kiona van Grinsver. Yeah, almost good. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure to be here. Kiana, so um, when we first chatted, I know that um, you and I we we had a we had a pretty great conversation. But first, you know, to start off today's conversation, tell us more about you. Tell us more about what it is you do, and sort of how did you get yourself working in this sort of environment? Yeah, sure. Um, it's an interesting story, actually, and I think um, it starts with how a lot of us changed careers in the past few years. You know, COVID happened. Um, you go through a motion of, okay, I have so much time on my hands now. I don't want to waste it watching Netflix. What am I going to do at this time? And yeah. so I find, my, find myself also looking for something else to do and something that inspired me and, and gave me a little bit of energy outside of working hours. Um, I actually started off with um, an interior design course because I thought, oh, that's really cool. I love that. I quickly found out that that wasn't for me. So I, uh, I carried on my search and then I came across coaching. Um, oh. It was a training program that was specifically designed to help women become coaches. Um, and I felt like that was really where I needed to be in that moment. It was a very supportive group and um, I was able to explore who I wanted to start coaching as an individual coach as well. Yeah. And Throughout that journey, I started off with coaching women in the workplace, and that was specifically because of the experiences that I'd had in the 15 years that I spent in corporates. Um, and then slowly, I started developing interest in other areas within the workplace as well. Uh, and now that we're back at work, you know, in a way, uh, finding the new normal and finding out, okay, what does the new working life look like? I'm just hearing and seeing that there's so many people struggling to fit work into their life again in a way, uh, finding the right balance and just making sure that they're not overrunning and, and running into a burnout uh, eventually. And so that's how I rolled into the, the workplace well-being side of things. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think you know, like like you say that that the whole COVID thing has done what it's done. People have changed the reason for why they do what they're doing. Um, yeah. But what I've also noticed just in the last, and especially in the last uh, couple of months of 2022, people just saying that it just feels like they got completely overwhelmed. It feels like they everything is really just rushing and the you know people mm. are from pillar to post and they're not they're not catching up with stuff right and invariably that is going to lead to that very unwell being space of burnout right but i mean yeah. don't you want to just touch on on on, on well-being for us well-being in the workplace because i think you know mm -hmm. just to kick off 2023 i think 
and a lot of people I'm hearing saying are they're they're they they have their vision, they know what they want to be doing, um, they they sort of goal directed and and sort of have that uh, that end vision for themselves. But I think you know yeah. some some tools and some ways of starting to frame your, your your life in a way that really helps you get to that balance. So I mean, mm -hmm. tell us more about this well, workplace well-being and and how this actually plays out because a lot of people don't realize when they're even in burnout. You know, they or they struggling. Mm -hmm. Oh yes, and and thank you for bringing that up because um, frankly, I actually went through this last year when I didn't realize that. I was running into a burnout, you know, I, I was able to catch it before I really got to that point where I couldn't do anything, but it still meant that I need to, needed to rethink what I was doing and why I was doing it in the first place. Um, and that's actually one of the tips that I would also give, but let's focus on well-being. Yeah. Um, you know, I think well-being is one of these things that you hear a lot of people talk about at the moment but you might not necessarily know exactly what it means or how to even think about it for yourself um for me workplace well-being has several aspects it's not just you your mental uh, well-being and your physical well-being but it also has, has a lot to do with social well-being community um and then having that combination within the workplace um what that means is, you know, that you're not just going to work to do a job from nine to five and then go back home and have absolutely no connection with the people around you. So that social and the community aspect is very important. Um, if you don't feel like you belong in a place of work, then you're automatically not going to have joy to come back into the workplace. And so that then causes some friction and causes you to feel less well in the workplace as well. Um, and I think what's really important, what we see now is when we're doing a lot of hybrid work or even when it's a remote first organization, that that's really difficult to maintain. How do you maintain a culture? How do you create a new culture when you're building a business if you're all working remotely, right? Um, and for yeah. me, that's the, that's the part that I focus on at the moment, yeah, to make sure that people don't run over and they don't just go into work for the sake of it, basically. And like you say, have the risk of running into it by now. And don't you find that um, part of running into that burnout and and sort of getting to that place is is quite um, or goes hand in hand with people building proper boundaries and putting proper boundaries yeah. in place because they you know. Mm -hmm because you have a great relationship with someone or because you get along at work and, you know, you have a great team that you're working with, you kind of think, ah, oh, you know, it's fine. I'll just message them. And, you know, mm -hmm. for me, I'm always, I'm always looking at the leaders going, no leaders, you're the leader. You're the one that's supposed to not do that. You're yes. the one that's supposed to take and, and lead by example to not be messaging after hours, you know, um, mm -hmm. don't you think that's, that's a really big, part of, of, of looking after well-being is placing those boundaries in place? Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I think when it comes to boundaries, we often forget that applying them in the workplace is just as important as applying them in our personal life. Um, you know, and when we talk boundaries, I often say this to the people and to my own clients as well. Um, it isn't about saying no to someone else. It's about saying yes to yourself because you're choosing to feel better about what you're doing. That has nothing to do with disappointing another person. 
You know, if you have to think twice about saying no to someone because you might disappoint them, you're not doing it for the right reasons. You're not living for yourself. You're living for someone else. Um, you know, and as you're saying, uh, when it comes to working hours, that's so important. You need to be able to say, hey, you know, I know, I know that you're working, uh, Mr. Manager or Mrs. Manager or, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, at 7 p.m., but that's not how I choose to go about my day. So I will look into this, but in working hours tomorrow. And I know that's very difficult sometimes because, as you say, the leaders are the ones that are setting the example. And the same goes for mental well-being, for example. You know, if you can't say to your manager, I'm not feeling well because you're afraid of what they might say or the afraid of the reaction that it might cause or the the you know um, the consequences that it might have at overall you know that's not a healthy environment that's a toxic environment and as a leader you need to be able to identify these moments and understand when it happens and make sure that you're creating an environment where people are um, pushed in a way not so not so much pushed I suppose but they feel uh, encouraged. supported, yeah, yeah, yeah. So encouraged, exactly, encouraged and supported to say, hey, something's not quite right here, can I talk to someone about it? And if it's not a leader, if it's not a manager, then perhaps a coach is going to help, right? Because I think that's also important that you have someone who stands outside of the business that you can just confide mm -hmm. in, where you know there's not going to have any consequences attached to it. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because very often people still have this idea of coaches being for certain, I mean, I think it's starting to really evolve into businesses realizing that having an external coach mm -hmm. and someone who's not in your business uh, has far more insight to the problems and the obviousness of what the problems might be than mm -hmm. when you're suddenly part of the business and you're just in the business coaching people. I think there's a very different dynamic and I, and I think it's so important. Now, one of the things that you do mention uh, that, that we, we want to touch on today is, is, is yeah. as an NLP practitioner, uh, and I love that we, we both are, so we speak in the same language. Yeah. We know that values is, you can't get past them, right? Your, your whole world gets filtered through these values, right? Yeah. Don't you want to unpack that a little bit for us? And I think that's a beautiful way of kickstarting 2023 is renegotiating or relooking and re um, revising your values and really looking at what your values mm. are. Because, you know, for me in the last, because I do it at least two or three times a year to kind of see, is anything shifting? Is anything else that I value sort of coming up? And one of the very specific things that has come up in the last six months for me was adventure which has never come up in my value systems ever. You know, I've always had growth and always had freedom and always had wealth. And, and but uh -huh. uh, in the last six months I've, I've gone and I've checked and I've rechecked and I've checked and it's like, no, I keep getting back to this adventure. So part of my value systems currently is to really want to have more adventure as part uh -huh. of what I do for a living, right? I want to have this adventure element to it, hence the wonderful, mm -hmm. beautiful shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, I love it, by the way. Very, very festive and uh, holiday. <laughs> yes, and so, uh, you know, when it comes to values, I think, you know, going into 2023, I think we really need to know what is it that I value? What is it that I want in my world and what I don't want in my world? What is not negotiable anymore? And speak to us about that and why this is so important. And also touch on, you know, that, that element of 
why do corporates not bring well-being into their value system? Because I don't think people do it. I don't think there's, I don't know of a, co a company that has well-being uh, as a value. I'm not, I'm not aware of any. So please, if anyone does, no. please shout out and tell me. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear about companies who have this as well. And right. I'd, I'd love to learn from them because honestly, I've not heard of any companies who have incorporated that as one of their values. Well, frankly, I think everyone should be thinking about well-being, regardless of whether you're a business or a person or, or just a person, you know. Um, you want to make sure that well-being is front and center of everything that you do, because how are you going to do anything if you're not well, if you're not yeah. being well? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I'd love to hear about companies who have that incorporated in their values. Um, but, yeah, thank you for that question on values itself, because I remember we talked about this the first time that we spoke and we just like carried on and it was just so energetic. <laughs> I love that conversation. Um because I feel like we both have this belief of uh, if you don't understand what your personal values are, how are you going to really know who you are, who you want to position yourself to be and how you're going to uh, go out into the world and who you're going yeah. to out as into the yeah. world as. Um, and I think it's very important to mention that oftentimes what happens is we join an organization and then we align with their values but then we align so much to their values that we forget about our own values. And then that just makes a, a little bit of an off balance straight away because you're focusing more on your on the business that you work for and not so much on who you want to be within that business. Yeah. And um, I know I'm, I'm pretty sure we've all gone through this exercise with a group of people in the organization where like, OK, well, here's a list of values. See which ones fits really well with you and then choose those ones. And it just makes me laugh because what we all do is we're going to pick and choose the ones that we like, not so much the ones that we are, feel are very important for us in that moment. It's more of an exercise of, okay, so who's picking this one? Maybe I want to fit into that group or maybe I want to be part of that group instead because it's more interesting for me or it's more interesting for them. And we just don't focus on ourselves anymore. It's all about the business. It's all about uh, fitting in and it's all about making yourself fit into a group while personal values are about understanding who you are and then choosing who you fit into afterwards. Um, and for me, that was so such a big part of my coaching journey as well. And I incorporated in all of the conversations that I start with new clients, you know, have you identified your values? Because as you say, it's important to keep evaluating two, three times a year. Um, and of course, more often, sometimes as well, depending on uh, whether you go through multiple changes within that year as well. And I, uh, I actually created a meditation to take people through that. Uh, so it's sort of a guided visualization of, okay, here's a moment, uh, that, you know, there's three moments that we go through. How do you feel and what's attached to that? And as we go through this exercise, every single time I come out of it, the people that I do this with say, hey, I really have never even had any of these values come up. I don't understand what's happened. Yeah. And that just sparks the conversation about, well, if that's the case, then uh, the reality really is, and you're going to have to accept that you didn't really know yourself until now. You've only just found out what's important for you. And now you can start aligning your life to those values rather than the other way around.
because you know, like, I'm sure that you have this uh, experience as well, yeah. that this is usually yeah. what happens. It goes the other and, way around. And also the, what I've often found is, you know, when people don't know what their value systems are, sometimes they have an area of their life that just doesn't work out. And they oh, yeah. don't know why. And they, they're kind of stuck and they and, and you kind of go, okay, cool, let's let's forget about the problem. Let's first understand you as a as a human, as a person. What yeah. is it, you know, mm -hmm. that you want that you absolutely value? What is it that you yeah. would absolutely is a go-to decision for you? And there's no sort of negotiation on it. And when it mm -hmm. becomes obvious and clear, then you go, okay, cool now that you know who you are how do we now look at this problem and just yeah. that framing totally changes how they see their own entire universe they're like the world unfolds as you know right yeah um, and, and i think that is that's what's beautiful about looking at values and especially you know in the beginning of the year kicking it off with with impact and kind of going okay cool how do i do this how do i um, and I mean, what are some of the go-tos? How do you, I mean, you've mentioned the visualization that you do and mm -hmm. take people through. Are there any other ways that you can actually uh, go through a values uh, sort of um, measurement system for people? Or is there ones that you use specifically? Yeah. So, so usually what tends to happen actually after the meditation or the visualization is that we, um, we just have a conversation about it and I ask them to write down what values came up. And then out of that, start ranking what actually feels like the most important one that comes up during that process. Um, and oftentimes um, people will just look at the values and think, well, I actually think they're all important, which is obviously what you want. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's a little unclear or sometimes there's only one or two values that come up. And I, I genuinely believe it, it's better to have about three to five that you can stick with because it's not just one thing that you want to focus on. Um, I love giving my clients some journaling exercises as well to uncover a little bit more about what's important to them. And that then just goes a little bit deeper into, okay, well, um, when I look at my experiences from the past, um, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. What was the feeling that was attached to that? How do I feel about it now? Is it still important to me? But also, what have you been taking on from your uh, parents or your caretakers or anyone within your direct environment that potentially isn't supporting you and that you feel you've had to hold on to because it's just part of your upbringing and it's part of the expectation that people around you have. Um, yeah. So I like to give that exercise uh, as a homework exercise but also do it once along with them sometimes. Uh, and then as you mentioned earlier with NLP, um, the, the visualization actually has some NLP elements in it, yeah. uh, but I like to take people back to past experiences that are very important to them and then find out what the values are, because sometimes, um, you know, people are not in a position to really visualize a past experience enough to be able to say, this is what I feel, this is the value that's attached to it. And taking people through that as an exercise then just helps them step by step go back into a moment where that value is then being identified as well. And I just want to preface or just reiterate, um, you use the word uh, taking people through the process and, and feeling, uh, mm -hmm. you know, what stands. And I think people diminish uh, emotion and feeling 
especially yeah. around values, especially around, around your belief systems and your values and, and how mm -hmm. these direct you and, and in, uh, uh, have an indication to, you know, what your behavior, what behaviors may follow. But they yeah. are all directly related and connected to an actual emotion. And yeah. it's so important for us. And I think, you know, for me, it's, um, I'm, I'm at that point in my life and my career where intuition is my greatest go-to decision-making process. Uh -huh. uh, it's an actual feeling. Like <laughs> I make, yeah, I get I make it. decisions based <laughs> on feeling and I, I don't go, I like, I, I don't care what the, the writing says. I don't care what the email says. I kind of go, is this feel, does this feel like it's part of, you know, my forward motion? Is this something mm -hmm. I value? And, and feeling, yeah. I think when people connect feeling to their values and really make that connection, mm -hmm. it really just shines a spotlight on it in such a big way um, that it does. It transforms how we show up and how we behave and how we engage in life and, and in, in any problems that we do have. But I mean, yeah. talking about NLP, which I think we still have some time, we do. Yeah. Um, I, I, the meaning of words and value, uh, the meaning of <laughs> words and language, right? I, I love this topic. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, right? I I often, uh, you know, we we'll go through a, a training session and, uh, and, and sit with a bunch of executives and, you know, you, you bring up a conversation uh, or a topic of discussion and you just throw it out there. And all I then do very often is I just stand back and listen, right? because of the language and the words being used in the room. And, yeah. you know, I've found that you, if you spend enough time listening, right? And that's why it's a critical skill, which most people don't recognize as prominent as they should, but mm -hmm. it's a critical skill because if you listen well, and if you listen with intention and really and try to understand what's, behind the intention, right, yeah. of what they're saying, you, you pick up so much more information, never mind the nonverbal communication and, 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 and. But mm -hmm. essentially, words and language is like a, it's like, so please tell me, tell me why, <laughs> from your version of that story, like of, of yeah. your story, why, 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 why are words and language so important? Thank you for that question. I absolutely love this topic, like I was just saying. Um, you know, I think words and language are what shape us every single day. You know, whatever we say is what we do, is what we are, is who we are being. Um, and I, I keep saying being because I feel a lot of us are such human doings that we actually need yes. to take a step back and just find some stillness and be a human being again. You know, in the end, you're not a human doing. You're not here to just do, 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 do and not enjoy any of it. Yes. Um, and I think words and language are a very big part of human being as well. Because uh, if you're able to say, hey, you know, I, um, a, a, an example that I uh, have and use from Brene Brown is where she talks about, um, I think it's her daughter, who tells the teacher that um, you know, something that is uh, kind of an offset of who she is. So the teacher says to her, hey, oh, oh, you're so clumsy. And she then goes, I'm not clumsy. Uh, no, that's not how it goes. Hang on a second. Oh, no, she says, you're such a clums. And then she goes, I'm not a clums. I can be clumsy. And that just encompasses everything. 
because suddenly you're not identifying as a clumsy, you're identifying as someone who can often or sometimes be clumsy. And we can all yeah. be clumsy sometimes, right? Like I, I stub my toe all the time. I bump into things all the time. And um, words and language bring so much energy with them and so much power with them sometimes that we also need to think a lot about, and especially in the workplace now, some words can have a very profound and deep-rooted effect on people that we might not be aware of because we are not in the same frame of reference as, the, as they are. We don't have the same experience as they are. And so we need to be mindful of, okay, am I using the word freedom? And I think we touched upon this the first time that we spoke. Am I using the word freedom in my values? What does that mean for different people within the organization? Yeah. You know, some people grew up in countries where freedom of speech isn't even a thing. You know, you can't say whatever you think or whatever you want to say without there being uh, certain consequences to it, right? South Africa, um, I mean, sorry. Go on, yeah. South Africa, you, you, you know, when we use the word freedom, we a lot of people, black and white people, all races really use con that the, the connection that they use to freedom is apartheid. Mm -hmm. You know, right. so, so when people use that word, we instinctively go back to that, you know, the 19, I don't even know when it was, but I mean, like you kind of go, that's how triggering a word can be, right? Yeah. The, the other, the other thing that I found, find myself doing very often is when I'm, when I've had a bad day and I'm mm. angry about something, I'll say I'm angry, not I'm feeling right. angry. Yeah. Right. So immediately by going, I'm angry, what I'm suggesting to myself is I am the emotion of anger. You know, right. I'm, I'm I'm physically and emotionally and angry. And I'm like, but I'm not an angry person. <laughs> so no, exactly. yet, I say I'm angry. You know, it's not I'm actually yeah. no, I'm feeling angry. I'm not angry. Mm. Um, I'm feeling angry. There's there's a very That's distinct a small... difference. Yeah, absolutely. The small distinction that you make there can have a huge effect on you as an individual on how you, you know, how you feel and who you are in that moment. And, you know, if we then take it back to workplace settings, if you bring up the word freedom in a workplace setting, then that can trigger so many emotions in that room that you're probably, you're likely not to have anyone's attention at that point anymore and just not going to get anything done. And I think, that's why it's so important that we keep um, reflecting on the language that we use and that we keep pushing ourselves to understand what could be behind that language, especially as leaders. We need to be aware of the words that we say and what effects they might have on other people. And, you know, granted, we can't, we can't always be aware of everything that we do and say because then you're just walking on eggshells all the time. I do believe that we need to be able to do some things in certain ways, but there's a limit to that. You know, it's a limit where you say, okay, I know that within this particular organization or within this particular team, I know that there might be some uh, words that are, are best not used and then I'm not going to use them, right? But just be aware of those things and actually make an effort in using the right language within those moments. I, I, just, you know, just to add to what you're saying, one of the exercises I, I've done with, with one of my clients is... I've been in a, in one of the executive meetings and I, you know, I just sort of, we post questions and I sat and listened and I started making notes of words being used mm -hmm. more than once. Right. And after an hour, you know, I written down about 25 words and I, and I said to him, guys, I don't know if you know this, but in the last hour, 
um, the 10 of these words that you've used, you've used more than once. Mm -hmm. And all 10 of these words are negating, negative, or uh, really um, uh, dismissive, or just, just yeah. not, not, not useful, right? And right. until we did the exercise, people were going, we really did, did we really use so many? I was like, yeah, we, I can you just go listen to the recording. Yeah. You kind of go, yeah, like, like it sort of, it also gives you sort of the, the sentiment of what the, the, the fine, thin line and, and value system in the company, although they've written them down somewhere, what mm -hmm. does that value system even look like? Is it, you know, how we speak to each other is respect in there. You know, right. is, is consideration yeah. in there? Is an unbiased mm -hmm. value system in there? Um, mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> there's so yeah. Many and are we not that... just saying the words and not actually, you know, behaving the same way? Because that often happens as well, right? Completely. And that's you know, for me, it's it's completely incongruent. And you kind of go, no, hang on, you're saying this one thing, but you're doing this thing. That's sending the, the a totally bad, wrong kind of example or vibe to your audience, you know, mm -hmm. and then you kind of go, okay, but why are the people so unhappy? Or why is it, you know, why is no one understanding me? And you're going, because you're not actually congruent in anything you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, start if there. you don't understand what you're portraying to your audience, your audience isn't going to understand you either. So it goes both ways, right? I, I you know, and I'm so glad that we could have this conversation. So, I mean, to, to leave us with something sort of with, with uh, you know, kicking off 2023, what would you share with, with the guys listening out there? And I mean, everyone that's, you know, choosing to the show is usually executives, usually business people, uh, entrepreneurs, and, and people who are wanting to make a difference to their lives. Um, what advice would you, you know, considering this conversation, give them uh, as, as five tips of advice for, for 2023? Yeah, um, thank you for opening this platform up and for me you know, to provide some advice on this end. Uh, you know, for me, having been in the corporate world for 15 years and seeing you know, the side of it not going very well and just it not feeling like the right place for me and then being on the other end of it where I can see it as an observer, um, my number one advice is communicate. You can't just assume things. You can't take things um, as they come, you also, you have to keep evaluating, okay, how are things looking now versus how are things looking last year or two years ago, or five years ago, or 10 years ago? What has changed? Um, you know, and I, I think, um, yeah, leaders do a new uh, a fiscal year planning every year, which is totally fine, right? But are you actually looking at the things that are going well or have been going well last year are you making sure that these these are being implemented in the next year as well are you taking those with you are you taking the right things with you are you focusing on all the things that your employees are telling you that they need and i think um you know, the number two advice that i would give is make sure that you speak with your employees and, and do some even anonymous assessments every single quarter so that you know what's going on so that you can actually play into those issues um, and not just the issues, right? You also want to hear about the things that go well and then be able to focus on those going forward so that your employees feel like they belong in a place that they work in and so that you can create that culture remotely as well. Because in the end, as I was saying at the beginning, it's not as easy to maintain or create a culture when you're working remotely or when people are only in the office two times a week, for example. So those are my top two advices, I would say. 
I love it. Kiana, uh, you know, from, from helping leaders design, develop and implement well-being strategies and creating those daily habits, um, and all the way from, I think, when we last spoke, you were in Amsterdam or somewhere up there? I was in Are the you? Netherlands, yes. I'm currently in Portugal, though. So, again, different country. <laughs> <laughs> Living that, that hybrid lifestyle. I love it. I like that uh, yeah. complete remote lifestyle. I love it. Fiona, mm -hmm. thank you so much for, for, for being with us. If, if we want to get hold of you, um, where, what's the quickest way to go? And, I mean, we've got all your, 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 your links and we're going to be sharing your, uh, your, your Instagram, your LinkedIn um, and your website and uh, all of that we're going to be sharing in the video box below. But um, if, what is the quickest way to get hold of you? The quickest way is either on LinkedIn, you'll find me with my full name, Kiona van Greensven, or on Instagram. Um, uh, if you feel like I'm not on either of those platforms, then you're always welcome to send me an email at hello at kionavangreensven.co.uk. Okay. 